So uh, we're going to get our Bibles ready, and uh, as Cody said, we're kind of taking a different uh, approach today, but I want to invite you to have a Bible at hand. If you don't have one, we've got them in the tables in the back. Second uh, Biblias, if you have it on a phone, that's okay too, and we're going to be looking today as we're starting a new series of messages called Generosity. Estamos en una nueva serie de mensajes, Generosidad. Our scripture focus today is going to be from the Gospel according to John, chapter Three, Juan capítulo 3. And so I want to guide you there. I don't have a page number, but here's the deal. There's a table of contents in the beginning of your Bible. It's in the second half of the Bible, the New Testament. So I give you some time to look that up. I will be reading some selected verses from John chapter 3, and I'll try to point, you, uh, point the way on that. Voy a estar leyendo algunos versículos seleccionados de Juan capítulo 3. Now, as I began to prepare for this message series and actually this particular message. I remember the day I started to prepare for this and I'm beginning to study. I actually found myself uh, down the road here on J Street in the local Starbucks with my Bible open. Estaba empezando esta serie, este mensaje en el Starbucks un día. And as I sometimes do, I'm kind of daydreaming, trying to think this through, and I find myself looking outside the window. And in particular, I'm staring at the sky. And I'm, I'm just watching the clouds go by and, and, and watching God's artistry as the clouds shift, shifted and shaped. Estaba mirando el cielo, las nubes que se estaban cambiando de forma. And I was just mesmerized by all of that. And I realized, you know, that's not something I do enough of. That's not something I do enough of. Es algo que, algo que no hago lo suficiente. In fact, I would say, that's not something we do enough of. No lo hacemos nosotros lo suficiente. Why? Well, because we spend a lot of our time like we are right now, right under roofs, under the ceiling, all the time. Estamos bajo el techo mucho. In fact, I just wish, if time had allowed it, I wish we could just go right out the doors and have a little field trip to the parking lot and just look up at the sky. Did you see it this morning? Beautiful blue color. The moon was resting over there in the west. Awesome. Uh, qué lindo fue. Quisiera salir para mirar el cielo ahora. And, and if we couldn't do that, I know the deacons would kill me for suggesting this, but I wish we could just cut a big hole in the roof here, you know, and just take off the roof, look at the sky, and just look up. Sería bueno quitar el techo y mirar hacia arriba. Wouldn't that be awesome? See, here's the thing. As I said, we're under roofs so much, and we're missing something, I think, because of that. We're missing a higher view of things, a, a higher perspective, a bigger picture. Ocupamos una perspectiva más alta, una, un panorama más alto. We spend so much of our time kind of looking down. In fact, we spend so much time looking down into these things now. And, and so the things of earth, the things of this world are very big to us. And the things of above have shrunk to us. Las cosas de abajo son grandes y las cosas de arriba son pequeñas. Now, I don't think we're unique in having that problem in our modern day and time. I believe that people have always struggled with this. Siempre hemos luchado con esto. In fact, in the scripture that we're going to read here today from John chapter 3, we find a man by the name of Nicodemus, who was a Bible teacher, a rabbi, and yet he had the same problem as we do. Nicodemo tuvo el mismo problema. And the Bible records in John chapter 3 that he came to Jesus in the middle of the night 
or in the early morning, somewhere in that place where everybody's asleep, llegó a Jesús en la madrugada, and he came supposedly with the excuse of wanting to congratulate Jesus for being such an awesome man of God. He said, you know, you're a great Bible teacher. No one would do the miracles that you do if God weren't with him. Querías felicitar a Jesús. Nadie haría los milagros que tú haces si Dios no estuviera con él. And yet, there was something else on Nicodemus's mind. There was something else he was missing. He was missing a higher perspective. Carecía de una perspectiva más alta. And that's evident in this conversation then that he and Jesus have. In fact, in verse 3, Jesus says something here that is important to pay attention to. He says to Nicodemus, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God, the, the realm, the reality of God, unless he is born again. De veras te aseguro que quien no nazca de nuevo no puede ver el reino de Dios, le dice Jesús. And it's evident from Nicodemus' response, as I said before, that, that he's not looking up on this one. He's, he's got a very earthly perspective. Tiene una perspectiva muy terrenal, Nicodemus. He says, wait a minute, what are you talking about? How can I, you, you mean you want me to crawl back inside of my mother and pop out again and start my life from day one? ¿Quieres que entre mi mamá y salga otra vez para comenzar de nuevo? And here's where Jesus, in effect, takes off the lid. He cuts a hole in the roof, so to speak, to give Nicodemus this higher perspective. Aquí Jesús levanta el techo. In verse 5, Jesus answers, he says, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Yo te aseguro que quien no nazca de, la, de agua y del espíritu no puede entrar en el reino de Dios. No one can enter into God's sphere of influence, in, into God's terrain, into God's environment, into God's presence. Nadie puede entrar en el terreno, el ambiente de Dios, unless he's born again, unless he's born of water and spirit. To be born again is to be born of water and the spirit. Nadie puede entrar en el reino de Dios si no nace de nuevo, si no nace de agua y del espíritu. What is that all about? I need the help of Bible experts on this. I won't pretend that I've unlocked this key because I don't have that kind of perspective. But, but those who study the scriptures and have analyzed this would say that water is pointing to baptism and specifically it's believed the baptism of John the Baptist. El agua representa el bautismo de Juan el Bautista. And that baptism was a baptism of repentance. Se trataba del arrepentimiento. Repentance it's a big church word. That simply means a change of orientation, a change of direction, of focus, un cambio de enfoque de, de orientación. So water stands for a change of focus, turning away from a, an earthly focus, turning away from a focus upon our sins and upon our own will and our own ways and looking up, looking up, God word, turning to God, es, es un cambio de dejar las cosas del, del pecado del mundo para mirar hacia arriba, hacia Dios. That's to be born of water. And the spirit, well, the spirit represents, of course, the presence and the life. 
the reality of the living God, embracing that, believing in that. El Espíritu se trata de la realidad de Dios, la presencia de Dios, creer en Dios. It is to embrace God by faith. To be born again is to be born of a change of perspective, of focus, a turning to God and an embracing of Him. Es un cambio de mirar a Dios y abrazarlo a Él. And what Jesus is talking about, of course, is not a physical thing, this new birth. It's a spiritual thing. It's algo no físico, sino espiritual. And that's what he says in verse 6. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Lo que nace del cuerpo es cuerpo. Lo que nace del espíritu es espíritu. We're talking about something higher here, higher than the physical. It doesn't exclude the physical. It's greater than and includes the physical realm of the world that we live. El más grande incluye, abarca también lo físico. To be born again. In fact, in the original Language of the Bible, the word again can also be translated as from above. Nacer de nuevo es nacer desde arriba. To be born again is to be born from above. Looking to, turning to, and believing in the living God. So how can a person be born from above if they've never actually gone above? That's the real question. ¿Cómo nacer de arriba si uno no ha ido arriba? And a few verses down in verse 13, Jesus begins to unpack this. He says to Nicodemus and through him to us, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the Son of Man. He's referring to himself. Nadie ha subido jamás al cielo sino el que descendió del cielo, el hijo del hombre, que soy yo. Here's the thing. We can't get above. We can't, we can't go to heaven. We can't rise up like that. It's like touching the sky. It's like touching the clouds. How many of us can do that? We can't even touch the roof. Ni podemos tocar el suelo. ¿Cómo podemos tocar el cielo? So Jesus says, somebody has to come from that realm. Somebody has to come down to our level. Alguien tiene que bajar a nosotros. That person is the son of man. That person is the son of God. Es el hijo de hombre o el hijo de Dios. Verse 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in Him may have eternal life. Como levantó Moisés la serpiente en el desierto, así también tiene que ser levantado el Hijo del Hombre para que todo el que crea en Él tenga vida eterna. Now Jesus here is talking about an Old Testament story. If you go back to the Old Testament, the people of Israel were in the desert. Los israelitas estuvieron en el desierto and Moses was their leader and the people were being bitten by poisonous snakes because they were sinning against God. La gente pecaba en contra de Dios y fueron mordida, mordidos por, por, por eh, serpientes venenosas. So these people are snake bitten, sin bitten, 
And God commands Moses to create a bronze snake on a pole and to lift it up high. Dios ordena crear una serpiente de bronce en un palo y lo levanta Moisés. And he, Moses lifts it up and the people who are bitten by the venomous snake look at the snake and they are cured. They're healed. Los que son eh, mordidos miran y, y son curados. They're lifting up their gaze to that snake. And Jesus is saying in the same way, the only way we can be born from above is for God's son to come down from God's space into our space and then be lifted up again, lifted up to a cross, lifted up to die like a snake on a pole, lifted up to rise again from the dead so that those who would change their focus, who would look to him and who would embrace him by faith would live sin-bitten, snake-bitten people like you and me. El Hijo del Hombre tiene que llegar de Dios y después ser levantado como la serpiente a morir y a resucitar para que lo miráramos y viviéramos. And then that brings us to the root, to the heart of the matter in a verse that many of us know, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Porque tanto amó Dios al mundo que dio a su Hijo unigénito para que todo el que cree en él no se pierda sino que tenga vida eterna. At the heart of God's plan is that he loved, he loved the world so much. He loved the people. He loved lifeless, sin-bit, snake-bit people so much that he gave his most precious one, his most precious son. Dios amó tanto al mundo eh, mordido por el pecado que dio a su hijo unigénito. See, God is a radical giver. Dios es un Dios que da radicalmente. What we're looking at, what we're seeing here, what Jesus is saying is radical generosity. Es una generosidad radical. That God would love and he gave. Radical. The word radical we throw around a lot, all it means is from the root. At the root of the Christian message. At the root of the gospel, what we call the good news is that God is radically generous. A la raíz del evangelio es que Dios es radicalmente generoso. In fact, that is, I believe, generosity principle number one that we want to have in mind as we go through this series of messages. Generosity principle number one. This is where it begins. God is radically generous. El primer principio de la generosidad es que Dios es radicalmente generoso. And this is where the generosity journey that we're going to be on must begin. We must begin here. Hay que emprender este, esta trayectoria aquí, recognizing the radical generosity of God. Now, here's the part. Here's the part where I just wish we could take off the roof. 
and, and get a better view of what we're talking about here, the radical generosity of God. Quisiera quitar el techo para comprender esta generosidad de Dios because here's the deal. As human beings, we do not and cannot completely wrap ourselves around this kind of generosity. It's way too big for us. Como seres humanos no podemos entender esta generosidad. You see, as human beings, we tend to think of generosity. In fact, we tend to think of giving as a transactional thing, okay, as an exchange or an equal exchange. I give in order to get something that comes back to me that is of an equivalent value. That's how we look at giving. Miramos que yo doy para recibir algo de valor equivalente. Or, I give because I've already received something. And so I want to compensate what I've received by giving something back. Quiero dar porque ya he recibido algo y quiero recompensar. Or, in our more sinful moments, and we all have more than a few of those, in our more sinful moments, I don't give at all. I simply take the money or take the gift or take whatever it is and I run. And I just keep it for myself. Oh, yo no doy. Yo robo el regalo y me voy. But you see, whether I give in order to get, whether I give because I've already gotten, or whether I don't give at all, the focus is on me. What am I going to gain? El enfoque está en mí mismo. It's, it's being tuned into what I've over the years referred to as station WIIFM. You know what station WIIFM is? What's in it for me? It's about the gift. Se trata del regalo. And so as human beings, it's natural to focus on what do I give, what do I get, how do I get away with something? But here's the real issue. The question is not how much do I give, how much do I get, how much can I get away with. The focus is not on that. El enfoque no está en la cosa que damos. You see, the gift, that's like the branch of the tree. At the trunk, at the root, we have the giver. El regalo como la rama, al tronco, a la raíz, tenemos el que da. That's the real focus of God's generosity. And here's the thing about the gift of Jesus that we need to recognize. Jesus is the perfect gift, but he is also one and the same. At the same time, he's the perfect giver. He's both. He's ultimately both. Jesus es el regalo perfecto y el donor perfecto. And the gift of Jesus is so radical that we cannot earn it, we cannot deserve it, we cannot pay for it, we cannot steal it, we cannot add to it. There's nothing we can do with this gift to make it better. No podemos meditar, recompensar, nada. The one purpose of the gift of Jesus is to connect us with God, the giver. In a relationship, Dios quiere conectarnos consigo mismo por el regalo de Jesús. And so to even begin to understand generosity from God's point of view, 
we've got to get a higher perspective. We, really, to understand, even to have an inkling of this kind of generosity, we must be born again. We must be born from above. Para comprender tal generosidad, tenemos que nacer de nuevo, de arriba. But you see, even that is a gift. We can't take credit even for repenting and believing. Ni podemos meditar el arrepentirnos y creer. Let me see if I can show you this from Scripture. In Acts chapter 11, verse 18, Hechos 11, 18, we find the early church leader Peter, and he's preaching to a group of Gentiles, non-Jewish people. Pedro está predicando los gentiles en Hechos 11. And they hear the message of Jesus and they believe. Creen en Jesús. They turn to him. And when the other Jews with Peter hear about this, they praise God and they say this. So then, God has granted even to the Gentiles repentance unto life. Cuando los judíos escuchan de los gentiles que han creído, dicen también a los gentiles, Dios ha concedido el arrepentimiento para vida. You see what it says there? God has even granted to those people to repent, to turn their focus to God. Dios ha concedido hasta esos enfocarse en Dios. And there are other places in Scripture that would back that up, that even the act of me repenting, even the act of me turning away from the junk down here and turning to God, even that, I can't take credit for that. Like, I was smart enough. I was big enough. I was holy enough. I was wise enough to turn to God. No, that's a gift that God's given you. Es Dios que te da el regalo de arrepentimiento. The same is true with faith. Believing in God. Acts 2, or rather Ephesians 2, verse 8. Ephesians 2, 8. It is by grace and undeserved gift that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Por gracia ustedes han sido salvos mediante la fe. Esto no procede de ustedes, sino que es el regalo de Dios. So, Receiving the undeserved gift of Jesus by faith, even that faith is a gift of God. You can't say, I was smart enough to believe. I was good enough to believe. I brought something to the table and I believed. I was able to get Jesus because I gave God something. We can't say that. La fe es un regalo. No podemos decir, ya creí porque yo di algo a Dios. It's a gift. What's the point? Everything is a gift of God. We sang the song, it's the breath in our lungs. It's not my breath. God has given me breath and life. Todo es un regalo. Nothing is earned. Nothing is deserved. Nothing is paid for. Nada se recompensa. 2 Corinthians, I'll give you one more. 2 Corinthians 5.16. 2 Corinthians 5.16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We once regarded Christ in a worldly point of view. We do so no longer. Ahora en adelante no consideramos a nadie según criterios meramente humanos, aunque antes conocimos a Cristo de esta manera, ya no lo conocemos así. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... 
he or she is a new creation. The old is gone. The old perspective is gone. The new has come. And it says, all this is from God. Si uno es en Cristo, es una nueva creación. Ha pasado lo viejo, la perspectiva vieja. Ha llegado lo nuevo y todo esto proviene de Dios. The new comes from God. And then it says he's reconciled us through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Nos ha reconciliado en Cristo y nos ha dado el ministerio de la reconciliación. So what is that saying? Not only is me turning to God a gift that he gives me, I can't take credit for it. He gives me the ability to turn to him. Not only is believing in him from God that, that I can't take credit for believing in him, even the ability to tell other people and ask them to come to faith. The ministry of reconciliation, it's given by God. It's all from God. Aún el ministerio de llamar a otros a fe es por Dios, es de Dios. So what's the point? The point is this, we come to God's generosity table with absolutely nothing in our hands or in our pockets. Llegamos a la mesa de generosidad con nada. God owns it all. It's all his. So, How do we respond to such a radical gift and such a radical giver? ¿Cómo responder a un regalo tan radical, un donor tan radical? All we can do is receive it. Receive it on God's terms. On Wednesday night, our video with Ray Vanderlaan, he said it way better than I could. He said, When you're lost, lost things don't find themselves. You know, ever lost your phone? Does your phone find you? No, you find the phone, unless you have some other technology to help you. Lost things don't find themselves. We can't say, I found God, yoo-hoo. He wasn't lost. You were, dodo, you know? Lost things don't find themselves. Las cosas perdidas no se encuentran. What we have to do is accept that we've been found. That's the only thing we can do. Solo podemos aceptar que hemos sido encontrados por Dios. So accept that you have been found and change your mind about Jesus and, and embrace him by faith. Receive this gift that you've done nothing to deserve. Hay que recibir a Cristo, orientarse a Cristo. And then acknowledge the giver. It's about entering into a relationship with the giver. The relationship is what God wants for you. Es una relación con él. Queda. Don't try to pay for it. Don't try to earn it. Don't try to run off with it and ignore the giver. None of that's going to work. No lo recompenses, ni lo merites, ni intentes huir de él. So in the next five weeks, we're going to be on this generosity journey. And we're going to be learning, as we did today, we're going to be learning some principles and some steps that we can take, according to God's word, to become more generous people, the kind of generous people that God really desires for us to be. Vamos a estar encontrando, aprendiendo principios y pasos para ser más generosos como Dios quiere. That's what we're hoping to do. Now, I want to say that In this new series, we're going to be sharing some things with you. We're going to be sharing some new technology and some new tools that we have to help you to give in, in a number of ways. Vamos a tener herramientas para ayudarles a dar de otras formas. Now, if you look at it from simply a, a worldly point of view or an earthly point of view, 
if you have a down below perspective and you think that this series of messages is simply about getting us all to give more to the church or to give more money or more time or more service or whatever, you think that's all this is about, that's all you're probably going to see. Si piensas que eso se trata solo de que donen más a la iglesia, más tiempo, más dinero, más servicio, solo van a ver eso. Here's the challenge I want to give you. Let's open up the roof and see this from a higher perspective. Veamos esto de una perspectiva más alta. Because you see, the generosity journey is not about what I have to give. It's about who I get to know. No se trata de qué tengo que dar, sino a quién puedo conocer. It's about getting to know and being in an eternal relationship with God who's given us the ultimate gift and the ultimate giver in Jesus. Se trata de conocer a Dios y su Hijo Jesús, el regalo y el donor. Perfecto. See, generosity, the generosity journey, that's not just kind of a, you know, a little slice of the Christian faith. It's really at the root. It's at the root of what it means to believe in Jesus Christ. La generosidad no es una partecita de la fe cristiana, es a la raíz de lo que es creer en Cristo. So this morning, we're coming here. We're coming to the Lord's table. Llegamos a la mesa del Señor. And we could say that this is God's generosity table. Es una mesa de generosidad. Now with just earthly eyes, with a down here perspective, we look at this, we see bread, we see juice, and we say, there's not much here. There's hardly anything here at this, at this meal. Miramos de una perspectiva el pan y el jugo. Decimos, no, no es mucho. But from a higher perspective, we can see that God so loved you and me that he gave the body and the blood of his son so that we might be connected with him forever. Con una perspectiva más alta, vemos que Dios dio el cuerpo y la sangre de su Hijo porque tanto nos amó. And that's the perspective I invite you to have. I want to invite you this morning to open up. If you have never trusted in Jesus Christ, if you have never looked to him, if you've never embraced him by faith, today is a day you can take that step, and I would love to talk with you, pray with you about that. But I want to invite you to come and receive. Receive from this radically generous God. Te invito a recibir de este Dios tan radical y generoso. I invite you into a connection with Jesus, the gift and the giver. Te invito a conectarte con Jesús, el regalo y el donor perfecto. We're going to, in just a few moments, before we come to this table, have our offering time. I'm going to have our deacons prepared for that. And I want to invite you to give whatever you're planning to give with that higher perspective. Quiero invitarles a dar la ofrenda con una perspectiva más alta. A perspective of God's love for you. And as we prepare for that, would you please pray with me? Vamos a orar. It is such a simple message. God so loved the world. I don't know how we could, God, even begin 
understand how profound that is. Es un mensaje simple, sino profundo. Dios amó al mundo tanto. Thank you for loving us, Jesus. Help us in those times that we think that we are adding something to your value, God. In this offering we receive, help us to resist the thought that somehow we're showing that we're better because we give or that somehow we're helping you to do your work in the world. You've invited us to give because you want to walk with us. Nos has invitado a dar porque quieres caminar con nosotros. So in this gift, the only thing you have to receive is our thanks and praise. Let us say thank you to you in all that we say and do this week. Que podamos decirte gracias en todo lo que damos y hacemos en esta semana. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. En el nombre del Señor Jesús. Amen.